podcast. Don't tell your bosses. Um, welcome back, everyone. This is a uh, this is our second mini-sode of NBA, uh, mini-sode number two. I brought all the uh, NBA nerds that I know in the world into one room to talk about NBA shit, which if you listen to the podcast regularly, you know we don't do. Um, so um, I'm going to go ahead and start from my left and have everybody introduce themselves, let the audience know who you are, and uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and get started. I'm Shelby, and I'm from Cleveland, Dope. so there's that. <laughs> Shelby has Shelby is closer to the Cleveland Cavaliers than most of us are to our own team. Um, Shelby, why don't you tell the, the listeners a little bit about your relationship to Iman Shumpert? Iman Shumpert lived in my house for a year, uh, and Derek Williams, who's no longer playing in the NBA, <laughs> and I have made out. <laughs> Damn. Nobody on this podcast will ever be that connected. Wow. Okay, take that, Bill Simmons. Um, to her direct left, sir, introduce yourself. Returning to the podcast? Yes. Hey, well, I'm happy to be back. Uh, known J.J. Reddick super fan, Tad. I've never made out with J.J. Reddick, but I <laughs> definitely would. Right. So right, just want to put that out there. Sure. Cool. cool. Awesome. Buddy. Yeah, first time on the podcast. Thank you, Jay. Thanks. Esteemed panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, John. <laughs> um, I grew up in Southern California, and I was probably one of the very few Bulls fans True Bulls fans, I my guess, man. My around man. that era. Um, gr- lots of magic, lots of Kobe, lots Dope. of Shaq. Dope. So. Awesome. Right on. Sir? Uh, I'm Jason. I grew up in the Chicagoland area, so I am a Chicago Bulls fan through and through. Um, don't see that changing anytime soon. <laughs> They're making it harder every day, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our last, uh, last member on the panel today? Yeah. First time here as well. My name's Clay. Grew up in Indiana, so I'm a Pacers fan, lifelong. Lance is the GOAT. uh, They've been fun to watch this year. Um, Recently, we uh, have been just really good at getting bounced in the first round. So (laughs) hopefully that'll change this year. Awesome. Well, so I wanted to bring us all together. First and foremost, just kind of like talk about the All-Star weekend that just passed. Um, Thought it's like the middle point of the season. Figured it would be an easy way for us to kind of, A, just kind of give our feedback on... How it went, uh, but more so, I just want to talk about second half expectations. So I don't know if anybody has any strong opinions on this. I know John, you had some some looks as I mentioned it. So any strong opinions on this weekend's uh, uh, celebration of the uh, the All Stars? Yeah, sure. So uh, overall, I thought it was a much better All Star weekend than last it was, right? year. It was um, yeah. specifically the game itself. Yeah, definitely felt like a real game. Yep. Looking forward to them to televising the draft. Yeah. Next year, I know well, Adam Silver hinted at that. Yeah. LeBron put out his top picks, like, yeah. in order. I respect the shit out yeah. of that, dude. Because, like, what happens now, what will be dope, and Chris Webber talked about this a lot on the broadcast, was, like, old school, like, pick up basketball. Everybody's on the bench, hand on their jersey yep. when they get picked, and just go. And, like, make it live, like, make it, like, an actual pickup game, which would make it so much more entertaining. Yeah. I agree. Because then I think the then I think the intensity level at game time would be so much higher, especially for the dude that gets drafted last. Yeah. Like for those people that like were at the end of the draft, like those dudes will definitely. And again, that's just a pipe dream. But uh, I one hundred percent the game was way more competitive than the last like three years. They, they were playing zone defense in an all star game. Yeah. In an all star game, they double teamed uh, uh, Steph in the last like two minutes of the game. Basically, like it was the first all star game. In recent memory, where they are actually, and honestly, I think the draft style actually helped increase the likelihood of increased competition because it was like a pride thing of like yeah, Team yeah. LeBron versus Team Steph. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I will say this: the dunk contest was whack. It was trash. Unless somebody has another opinion, like I thought the dunk contest was trash. 
thought the judges were trash too. Like, what is what is DJ Khaled? I don't understand. Mark, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> if you saw him come out when they announced him, Mark Wahlberg did not want to be there. He had no desire to be there. Like, what? I don't understand. And I tweeted this. Like, LA always has to do LA shit. Like, why the fuck do we have like? Mark Wahlberg and DJ Khaled and who was the last one? Oh, Chris Rock because he got a Netflix special. We put him as on the judging panel. I don't understand. It makes no fucking sense. Yeah, it was the the dunk contest as a whole. Like the the format now is weird. Like the best dunk of the night, in my opinion, was Dennis Smith's dunk. Like the through the legs reverse with the other hand. Like, that dunk was yeah. insane. Um, I actually picked Larry Nance ahead of time. I'm glad that he switched into his like dad's jersey. That was dope. That was cool and yeah. predictable, but still cool. Um, but like the new format only allows you to do two dunks and then maybe get into the second round, yeah. and then it's just like finals. I you know hand up yeah. like barely watched it. Yeah, uh, sure. I just I like I this is the first time in probably years that I've really not watched like yep. three point contests, right. dunk contest. It doesn't hold enough entertainment value for yeah. me anymore, and no, I, I think. Like, there's a lot of times there's a lot of agenda. Yeah. Like, I felt like Donovan Mitchell. I watched the highlights. Like, I watched the recap. I just didn't want to watch the whole thing. And I, his dunks were cool, but, like, you know, the Vince Carter thing, I get it. But also, like, it, it just feels like it's agenda-driven. Like, here, look, Donovan Mitchell, he's a bankable star yeah. in Utah. Yeah. Look at how good he is. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell made a dunk over a a crouching Kevin Hart. <laughs> yes. I could fucking make a dunk <laughs> over a crouching Kevin Hart. Thank you. If you, have you, there's a show called The Dunk King where it's just like oh, yeah. high flying assholes doing whatever. Oh my God. And they, they will jump over like a 6'8 dude and be right. like, what's up? And yeah. this guy was like, Kevin Hart, can you come out here and also stand on your knees? Right. Well, even like when he did the VC dunk, when VC did it, it was still better 18 years ago. Yeah. Like yeah. the the way that he did it was not even remotely as athletic as VC was. Like Zach Levine was talking about on the broadcast where like VC did the dunk and still had enough left in his legs to do like another spring up and jump like halfway up. Like yeah. it, it's overall, and I agree with the point about Donovan Mitchell, like his, the only dunk that he had that was remotely cool was the off the other backboard dunk. Um, cause the one over, the one over Kevin Durant was cool. Not great. Um, Kevin Hart. Oh shit. It's a very, right. Kevin <laughs> Durant, over Kevin Durant. Okay. I would very be high. High. That's amazing. That's, a, that's a 50. Um, I actually thought the three point contest was more entertaining. Like yeah. I picked Evan Booker. If you guys, if you guys listened to the podcast last week, that shit is on audio. It's proof. I'm not full of shit. I also picked Larry Nance. I lost Matt picked Donovan Mitchell recency bias that's what I call that bullshit but mm. the three point contest was actually like remotely entertaining especially Clay going up against Devin Booker like mm. Clay finished with 25 which in most years will win the three point contest mm. like it was a really really good championship um, uh, three point contest but in any case all star weekends are all star weekends They're, they are what they are apparently Jimmy Butler had a hangover so he couldn't play yeah. which yeah. is what I heard um, to get a DNP in an All Star game, <laughs> that's is and that a power move? I, yeah, is it worse though getting a DNP than playing eight minutes like Lamarcus Aldridge? Right. Like yeah. what is worse? It's, it's, yeah, it's like sure. a, like a, a a self-imposed DNP versus like you get three minutes because you're on the roster, but and we got to do our due diligence and make sure everybody gets their tick, but not really. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, even there, I forgot what podcast I was listening to. They were talking about like. You know, throughout the game, everybody gets their minutes. You kind of, like, mix up lineups, have fun, let everybody do their thing. And then in the fourth quarter is when they actually start coaching a little bit. Um, and I thought D'Antoni did a 
weird job of like setting his lineups. Like I thought Al Horford probably should have been out there with Joel Embiid, which who by the way, Joel Embiid played his fucking ass off, dude. I was yeah. not like I yeah, I like Joel Embiid. Yeah, I did he had not the see biggest it. ego on that whole floor. Well, but not only that, but like he has his the confidence. His, That's he's what so it is. confident. But like just him pulling up from three regularly and like draining from three regularly. Like if Steph's team would have won, Steph didn't play well. You. Joel Embiid could have been the MVP of the All-Star game. Like, legitimately, that would have just yeah. been the greatest story of the entire All-Star weekend. But anyways, what I wanted to bring you guys to talk about today was kind of things that we are... Bold predictions that we're making for the second half of the season. Um, I don't know if anybody has one that they feel very strongly about, but with the second half of the season coming, a lot of teams have been wavering towards the All-Star break. A lot of teams have been on the uptick, like Utah on 11 games win streak towards the All-Star break. Um, so I don't know if anybody wants to start first, if anybody has, like, any bold predictions for the second half, but I thought we could just kind of talk about, you know, what, what our expectations are of the second I'll half of the season. I'll start because mine kind of goes off of the piggybacks off the jazz yeah. thing you just mentioned. So the Western Conference, both my predictions have to do with the Western Conference, by the way. Western Conference, the third seed and the tenth seed are separated by four and a half games, yeah. which is not very much. Nope. Um, so my prediction for the jazz is they're not only going to make the playoffs, but they're going to get the sixth seed. Yeah. Um, now, to do that, they've got to hop some some pretty good teams. The Clippers are in there, um, who are kind of trending up as well after they made that yeah. trade. Um, but I just think with Donovan Mitchell, they're going to continue this streak. And if they if they do get the sixth seed, they're going to be playing the Spurs, if nothing else changes, who they've beat three times this year already. Right. So, I don't know. That just seems like something that could happen. That The thing is, like, so the debate that keeps happening with the Jazz, or not specifically the Jazz, but like Donovan Mitchell, is like, will he be rookie of the year? Will he not be rookie of the year? Because like at this pace, the Sixers are on pace to make the playoffs. I think they might be like the sixth or seventh seed at this yeah. rate. And Utah is on an uptick. In my opinion, if Donovan Mitchell has the leading scorer for a team that was like bottom of the pack, almost like still technically in the lottery right now, takes them to even like the fucking A seed. Like, you got to hand that kid the rookie of the year. But that that's just a really well-coached team, despite the fact that, like, Rudy Gobert was out for a while, despite the fact that they lost Gordon Hayward. Like, yeah. I mean, even this trade of Rodney Hood, like, that was just a necessary trade that they need to make to free up shots for Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, and I'm sure you're fucking jacked. Yeah, thank you so year. much to uh, yeah. the organization, the Utah Jazz, for what you've done for me and my team. <laughs> How do you feel about that trade? I'd love to learn your, like, your perspective from a, uh, from a class fan. Yeah, well, I have a lot of thoughts on it, obviously. Um I think we improved. It's like addition by subtraction. Um, you took away a lot of star power, but I don't know that you can have too many stars around LeBron. Right. We've seen that with Kevin Love having to be the fall guy for years now. Right. Um, Kyrie was different because he was so young when he started with LeBron that right. he could grow into being in that role, but then eventually he was like, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. Um, that whole situation is so fucking weird. I they're know. still talking about that shit. Like, but they were like hanging out on the bench. So I was like, I don't know. Y'all seem cool. Uh, <laughs> you want to come back? Um, but I, um, yeah, I think that they're better now than they were before because they have people that are actually good at their independent role right. versus trying to do too much. Right. I think IT is a great player. I was really excited when we got him. I don't think he fit with LeBron, yeah. and I, I don't think him rehabbing next to LeBron was ever going to yeah. feed anyone well. Yeah. Um. But Rodney Hood is before Donovan Mitchell, and if you take out Rudy Gobert, but the best backcourt player for the Jazz yeah. before Donovan Mitchell. Well, he was supposed to then, like, take the baton from Gordon Hayward, basically be right. like, their 20-point scorer. So, like, that's already a player that's, like, yeah. he could be one of the standout guys on his mm-hmm. team. Now he's, right now, coming off the bench. Right. George Hill has playoff experience um, more than IT had. Right. And um, 
and fits perfectly next to LeBron. Fits like just perfectly. sit in the corner, play perimeter defense. Like I mean, in the games perfect. that we've won now, next with him on the team, he his stats are awful. He hasn't yeah. done anything statistically, but we're winning, yeah. and he's his plus minus is right. killer. Right. Um, Jordan Clarkson is energy. And Larry Nance, I love um, the two Lakers, and Larry Nance is defending and bringing yeah. energy. Like yeah. right. they're running the floor so much better. People are keep saying like they're having fun again, and like it is more fun to watch. Yeah. It was hard to well, watch. Even LeBron's face looks different. Like he like <laughs> now. Granted, LeBron is very good at like creating the narrative for the season. So like the uptick, the downtick, and like all that shit. Um, but this was like the this was the weirdest fucking trade deadline ever. With like basically getting rid of half of your roster. Every like single person that we got this summer was All taken done. away. Yeah. Yeah. I, which is hilarious. Jordan Clarkson is my favorite player of the ones that they got in that trade for the simple fact that when he was with the Lakers, he got the ring around. Like he was like the next coming of magic. And then he's like, ah, eh, but you're going to be behind D'Angelo Russell. And then like, oh, we might like, try to play you next to D'Angelo Russell. And then like, oh no, you're going to be our sixth man. So like, they just like just had him in a lot of different roles and but but now he's in a situation where his role is clearly defined as like the off the bench scorer and he's gonna get more wide open shots than he's ever gotten in his entire career secondary also, ball handler too. right exactly like you can put him next to lebron and have him be like your your offset point guard somebody who can kind of run the offense because he did it in la but now it's like now there are threats on that team that free him up to, I, that was the one piece of the trade where i'm like that's the one kid that nobody was going after if that kid's in the right system in the right situation and I love Larry Nance. Fucking love Which, like, love is Larry true Nance. about every single player we got in that trade. Right. Like, Kobe Altman is just, like, brilliant, and I right. didn't think he would be. Um, I mean, every player that we got this summer was exciting. Like, Jay Crowder I right. thought would be great, yeah. and then he had the worst season he's ever had. Yeah. There was a lot of, like, conflicting egos in that. <laughs> the, the, the one that makes me the most sad is, like, IT, because he came back too early because he's trying to get a contract. Like, the way, if had, yeah. he not, had he not come back this season he would have gotten paid more next year than he would have coming back trying to prove something. So, like, his situation is weird. Like, the same thing with Boogie. Like, Boogie's going to be in a weird situation this summer where it's like, does he get maxed out? Does he get a one-year deal? He's coming off an Achilles injury. That's a weird one. Like, do the Pelicans bring him back on a player, like a one-year plus a player option? Do they sign him to max for, like, five years? Do the Lakers just, like, throw him a big-ass contract because they need a name? Like, there's so many. That's, like, one of my other ones that I wanted to talk about, which is, like, now that's postseason, but... Shout out um, to AD for wearing his jersey. That was dope. That was I cool. thought that was yeah. cool. Um, I actually want to build off of yours, though, because my one of my bold predictions is that Kawhi is not coming back this year, and he will not be a Spur next year. That's my bold prediction. Ooh. I don't be- think he's a Spur next year. Either. I don't. Yeah. I, there's a lot of weird shit going on over there where, like, the medical staff is, like, mistreating him, and, like, he's not really getting along with the front office. And, like, somebody interviewed LaMarcus Aldridge a couple, like, maybe a week ago where they were like, do you think that he'll come back? Do you know his timeline? And LaMarcus is like, I have no idea. Like, we haven't really talked about it. Like, he hasn't really talked about it. The whole – his whole injury situation has been really weird, and there's been a lot of rumors flying around about him going to the Lakers uh, of basically, like, making a big trade. I also don't think Lonzo's a Laker next year, but that's just my opinion. I just – I don't think – I think that – when LeVar attacked Luke Walden, that was one thing, but now he's attacking the front office and saying, if you guys don't sign my two other sons, that Lonzo won't resign. Yeah. I don't think Lonzo's going to be a Laker but next year. I, I genuinely don't think so. I don't and think I don't, he'll be in the league in five years. I still think he's, <laughs> I still think he's a viable talent. I think for in his situation, the only thing that makes sense is for him to... He can't cut ties with his dad. Like, that's just not going to happen. I mean, even if he were to cut ties with his dad, like, his dad still has has access to having a mouth and, like, being a person and having the internet. So, like, he'll never get cut off. But 
LeBron doesn't go to the Lakers if Lonzo's still there. I guarantee that. Like one of his, one of his, like LeBron doesn't go to the Lakers regardless. I don't know. I, I think, think if so. anything, Philly, I don't know. Philly's, Philly's, Philly's a, a hot choice. pick. Philly's a hot pick. Yeah, but Philly can't take him unless they do a sign and trade. And they probably will. They yeah, probably will. I, send, but send I can Marco see Fultz. them do it with Buy the Marco Spurs Fultz. and them taking Kawhi and him wanting to play with Pop. Yeah, because he I can see that. loves Greg Popovich. I don't think he cares about Philadelphia enough to in, to improve his legacy. What's his legacy going to do in Philadelphia that they abandoned the process sure. for him? His whole thing is, it, like, in terms of legacy, the only, like, legacy moves that would make sense would be to go to a big franchise and win a, win a championship there, like the Lakers or the Knicks, but he's definitely not going to fucking Knicks. But that would be the only one that would make sense to me, would be the Knicks, because they haven't been there for so long sure. that he could, that could be his legacy. Then, that, like, that'd be a great Went to story. Miami, won a championship, went to Cleveland, right. won a championship, went to the Knicks, won a championship. Right. Philadelphia, they keep preaching, trust the process, so we're going to trust the process until LeBron comes and then yeah. abandon all our young pieces. I would, I would love yes. him. Yes, yes, yeah. 100%. I mean, yes. Well, I, so win now. That, win that's now. my thing, is, like, if in his, in his, like, in the time that he has left to maximize... His impact in his career, the only thing that makes sense is for him to go somewhere that has a young core that can grow with him as he's growing out of being LeBron and still, like, win one or two. That's why, like, the Lakers situation, the Lakers situation only makes sense if they bring a bunch of stars to win now, but I don't think that they have enough talent that they're going to keep I don't think long-term. anyone wants to go to the Lakers anymore. I don't think Paul George is going. I think Magic Johnson holds a lot of weight on John Wall might end up there. I wouldn't be shocked if John Wall was That's a weird one, too, man. That Wizards situation is fucking weird, man. That, like, yeah. Bradley Beal versus John Wall thing just doesn't not Bradley, go away. And then John Gort- Wall versus Gortat. Right. Well, Gortat seems to be... <laughs> what a bum. Well, Gortat seems to be, like, on Team Beal, so it's, like, him basically being... Bradley Beal's, like, bodyguard, essentially, and just, like, standing out to John Wall. That's whole, that whole situation is weird. Anyways, other predictions for the second half of the season? I mean, broad, broad Rockets predictions. out the West. I, don't, I had that one, too. I don't disagree with that. I had that one, too. I think, I think in the right... <laughs> in the right series, if the stars align... No, honestly, like, the, the, the team is set up where even on a good night for the Warriors... The way that that offense is set up, it's and it's one of those things where, like, it happened last year with San Antonio where, like, they live and die by the three. But now they have somebody like Chris Paul who, if they need a basket, can get to the basket outside of James Harden. Like, and somebody who can still adequately defend the perimeter and, like, go after Steph and, like, really get into Steph. Um, They've got seven guys averaging double figures. It's it, and, they, and they just added Joe Johnson. The Joe Johnson signing is like a low key good signing because in Agreed. Utah he wasn't playing for shit. Like I mean, we talked about this. Like it's just he's a veteran leader now on their team. I mean, that, that it takes minutes away from the starters a little bit, but it makes everyone I think right. more productive. I and think they also think they're they going to give him that many minutes. Too, man. I know I, he'll get some, but not not to take that many away no, from the starters. No, 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 no. I meant more like during the regular Situations. season, like when they're beating, yeah. like when they don't need to run <clears> hard in you know right. forty minutes. Right, he'll go get you a couple 30. buckets. Yeah, yeah. yeah the guy's not getting 15 minutes in the playoffs. No, no, the guy's just not happening. No, no. but I'm just saying now, he's, he's sure. Right, but they also years. the other thing too is like over the offseason they loaded up on defenders. Like they brought yeah. over PJ Tucker and they brought over a couple other guys that can like beef up their defense and not just be solely a an offensive like identity type team. Um, and Capella, and Cap- he's such yeah. a good fit for them. We well, talked about this. Yeah, we talked about preseason, it, like preseason about like just the excitement with like Chris Paul and Capella, like that. Marriage has worked out just as well as it did with James Harden. And he's a guy who can actually, like, defend the rim, which yeah. is one thing that the Warriors have consistently struggled with over the last couple of years is, like, a a true rim defender. So if I could segue into my, yeah. one of my bold Please. predictions. If the Warriors don't get Jordan Bell back, 
the Rockets will come out of the West. Ooh, I like that take. Because Jordan Bell, before he went down, he was making that defense tick. Mm-hmm. Um, JaVale seems like he's not sure. very good at all. Yeah. Usable this year, right? So <laughs> with Jordan Bell, they could literally defend any position. Yeah. But if he doesn't come back, or even if he does come back, I don't know how he's going to be. Yeah. So that's one of my bold predictions. I, I, I do like that because the same thing happened when, like, Andrew Bogut went down. Like, they fell apart when Andrew Bogut yeah. went down because they don't have, like, you have Draymond, but they didn't have, a like, a true he rim defender. He seems to be the same I, this year. Dude. He does, right? He's, like, he's, tired, he's overall, maybe, I, little... I think he's just, he's, he's like, he's got a, an ongoing hangover of, like, basically winning two championships over the last couple of years. Yeah. See, you I know? think, though, <clears throat> to that point, you're kind of, we tend to, like, kind of conflate sure. the regular season. Right. Like, you're the Warriors. Like, it's like LeBron. Like, LeBron, how many times is LeBron the one seed in Miami? Yeah. Like, like one year? Yeah. And they still made the finals every year? Like, sure. if you're the Warriors, you know you can kind of float. Sure. It doesn't matter. But because, I don't think that they're going to get it together. And that's that's the thing. It's like, See, they're, they're I don't, they, they also miss Steph, for, they miss Steph for a large sure. chunk of this season. Sure. And that team goes as he goes. Kevin Durant's a great player. He's a nice player. Yeah. That team goes with Steph. Well, shit, he scored 50 points the other day and so, they fucking lost. Like, it's just, yeah. Right, it's, right. But I, I just don't... I think that the Rockets are too good. I think if they face OKC before the Rockets, they're going to be tired. I don't think that they're going to take. I, I don't think, think that they're going to get to the to the Western Conference Finals without losing. I think they're going to no, lose a, like a drop a few games. I don't not think it'll like be like last, last year. year, and I think they'll be more tired than they were last year. And I think that the Rockets will beat them in seven games. The one, the one thing that like I like in terms of matchups and the way that the playoffs are stacking up right now. So Minnesota and OKC are playing yeah. each other as it, as it stands today. Like if the playoffs were to start, that's going to be great. That Minnesota Warriors series is going to be fun because who do they have to really like stack up against Cat? Like I guess you could argue that you put like Draymond on Cat, but then you have to put somebody else on. Like I guess you, you they have matchups. They always have matchups. Plus one. But they're they're like the their lineups is, look weird. Yeah. In 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 Golden State, like. Book, I mean, not Boogie. Uh, Swaggy P is not going to be getting 20 minutes a game in the playoffs. No. You know what I mean? But, like, they, they need they need people to McCall's filter into injured. that. Well, but it's just, like, playoff time, though. Like, when, when the playoffs. playoffs. I How, think he's out. Is he? I haven't looked at his injury. I don't think he's hurt for a year. No yeah, I don't think he's out. I have no idea, to be honest. But, like, their lineups look weird this year. Like, it's just the people that are getting heavy minutes now are more so like the Joe Johnsons of the world where they're just, like, taking minutes off to the starters because they learn from that 73 win season like we're not gonna do that shit again um anyways they're it, it's always interesting to talk about who could potentially beat them but yeah we'll see so my second part of my bold prediction also deals with the Warriors and partly the Cavs the Cavs will beat them again in the finals but my other prediction is even if they don't get Jordan Bell they could go 2001 Lakers remember they won like 52 games yeah. they look really shaky and then just Barely beat Sacramento and then won the finals again. Yeah, so I can also see that scenario. Which will happen? I mean, that shit happens. Like, um, like a couple years ago, like they got beat up by OKC and then ended up coming back to win and then just like destroyed the Cavs. Yeah, but if the storyline is a comeback from this regular season, then it's Cleveland over Golden State. Cleveland's had a worse. Cleveland's had a worse regular season than Golden State. And so if you're arguing the storyline of the, the Lakers, then that's the Cavs, not the Warriors. Not necessarily, because the Lakers stayed intact. They didn't make any major moves. 
that's why I'm equating them. They they look as shaky as the Lakers did in 2001. Right, like the hangover season. Hangover they look less season. shaky. I don't think that they... So they don't look that bad. No. I, the I thing is, they're not playing bad. No. All their people are getting the points they're always getting. They're just losing. Yeah. Which is why well. I don't think they'll pull it together because I don't... There's not people that I'm like, man, if they were only performing like they could. They're all performing. Yeah. I do agree that the Cavs are going to make it to the finals though because one of my bold projections is that Boston gets bounced in the one of the first two rounds. Yep. They're just... I don't think they have enough scoring power outside of Kyrie. Like, yeah. genuinely speaking, the rookies are starting to look like... Jason Tatum's starting to look like a rookie a little bit. Like, some nights he looks amazing, and other nights he's making a lot of rookie mistakes. Even, like, Jalen Brown's been phenomenal the entire season, but uh, I I wish they would have made a move at the, at the deadline. Like, to go after Lou Williams or to, like, really go after Tyreek. Like, I would have loved to see that. Um, but, yeah, it's just they're, they're the type of team that, like, looks like a team that could get upset early. And that's – I just – and I also do, like, Toronto just doesn't – yeah, Toronto the Toronto doesn't move the needle. Ever, they ever, just, ever. They just, and Martin Rosen's got some personal stuff going on too, and yeah, he seems completely yeah. disinterested. Toronto, like, Toronto doesn't get me excited at you know, all. I don't. I, mean, I don't see. Anything obviously, there. he's got it's some, a some bummer because I love Dwayne Casey. Yeah. I love Dwayne Casey. That is the most underrated coach in the NBA. He's starting team. to get his due, but he like. I mean, every single year that he's coached, they've improved their win percentage yeah, consistently yeah. every year. Like that's. Amazing. And this is the best team that they've had in their entire run. Like, like all, all, yeah. all like yeah, across the for sure. Not even just about like, not even just record wise, but like the roster is it fits really well. They have a lot of really good role players. Like nobody thought that OG Ananobi was actually gonna be one, nobody thought he was gonna play this season, and two, nobody thought he was actually gonna be anything on the offensive end, and he's actually been like a formidable three and D type of person. Can like, start for them now? Uh, I don't know. He's been in and out of their lineups. I think recently, yeah. Yeah, and like Fred Van Fleet has been like a godsend for them, like having a good like backup point guard and like Delon Wright. I love yeah, him. Yeah, I love. He used to beat the shit out of us when I was in college. When I was at UNI, we used to play them all the time. But um, Norman Powell's good for them. Norman Powell's yeah, solid. Man. Their roster is 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 the best that they've ever had. Like even Jacoperto is like. A yeah. sound sound backup um, but yeah like per per every year like I just never get excited about them I it's like good if, for them I just don't know if their goal is a championship though in Toronto I think Dude. they might be happy but think about this if they get into the championship we get more Drake which is huge <laughs> <laughs> just for the NBA Drake is as big a fan of any Canada's, team as he is the Raptors yeah, I'm, yeah, banking I'm banking on finals that I'm banking on that I would love to see I would love to see Drake in the finals just It'd be like Kevin Hart with the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, he's going to try and get on stage. They're going to be like, please stop. <laughs> any, uh, any other hot takes that we have for today? Any other, any things that we're expecting? Any teams that are in the current playoff run that we think are going to fall out? Or teams that, I know we had talked about Utah already, but any other hot takes? I actually, like, not teams that will fall out, but I actually think that the Cavs will play the 76ers in the Eastern Conference Finals. Ooh, that's bold. I yeah. actually firmly believe that's that. Wow. Very bold. Yeah, I okay. Very. I okay. think, I think. The, I mean, they're young. I'm going to crop and, that part of the podcast out and save it for when that doesn't happen. But that's fine. Like, <laughs> no, that's, that's totally fine. This is hot takes season, a, right? Like, this, is, a, this is hot it take would be time. A, it would be a fun, I would love to see Joel Embiid in the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> like, I don't want to give him that this early in his oh, fucking I career. Love it. I, I just love want it. him to sh- for a it. second. The Do we think Markel's going to come back this season? Or Gordon Hayward? Who's coming back first? We talked about this. I was just going to ask Gordon Hayward. I think Markel Fultz is being held out so that they could say he's still really great and trade him because he's that bad. I think they're watching him be that bad and they're like, we got to trade this dude. Danny fleeced the Sixers with that draft trade. I talked to a buddy of mine who's a big 76ers fan and he was just telling me that he thinks the biggest issue is number one, obviously, all those people that are in his right. ear right now with the team, and then his like his like entourage and that kind of thing. But he thinks the biggest issue, though, is that he's actually grown 
a little bit, uh, and so he's not comfortable with his right. body, and he's trying to figure out how to he's shoot the ball. Like years old, man. So I mean, Paul George grew three inches right. after fucking his rookie Giannis season too. in the NBA. Like Giannis grew like. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Like when you're used to being, you know, a certain height and, and having certain body movements, and then so suddenly, weird. like, you're like a little lankier and a little more uncomfortable. Like, yeah, you know, relearning to shoot may be a difficult task. So, like, I totally get if that's the case. I buy that. I'm I'm in on that theory right now, um, just because I love buying in on those theories. But I'm I'm totally in on that. But I am in all in on the 76ers, mostly because JJ Reddick's on the roster. Sure. But of course. I was all in on the Clippers right. a few years ago, That's so right. now I'm all in on the yeah. 76ers. So. How'd that all work out with you uh, for the Clippers? Yeah. I mean, not great. <laughs> Pretty brutal. Um, uh, all right, so I want to wrap up with two questions to everybody. I'll ask you individually, um, and then we'll wrap up for today. So if the season was to end today, and we'll just go around the circle, who's the MVP? I, I mean, I James Harden, but i got to give it to Bron. Sure. LeBron. Okay. <laughs> LeBron. I'm going to go Harden. Harden. I think so too. So we're split. I like this. Okay. Now LeBron's averaging like twenty eight, eight and nine, and shooting sixty six percent from the floor. The LeBron only, is statistically better than James Harden. James Harden's just more surprising. Well, the only the only thing that we're hurts all complacent LeBron, with Bron. The only thing that hurts LeBron is like the middle portion of the season when the Cavs were trash and his plus minus was trash. Like, granted, those are the plus minus stats. You can argue in a lot of different directions on that, but. Um, Number one team in the West. I mean, he's averaging nearly thirty points a game, and like he hasn't won one in the last two years. It might be one of those like, one of those like Leo DiCaprio like Oscar type of MVPs where it's like you really earned it over the last two years, but we'll give it to you this year, like they did with Kobe, where it's like this is like well, a LeBron's lifetime really achievement. Really earned it every shit. year that he hasn't sure, gotten. Sure, sure. When and there's been plenty of like, he probably should have won the year that Derrick Rose won. Yep. There's a lot of other years where. You know, he. You could argue that he, I mean, he, he should have won steps first year, not steps second. Year, sure, he should have won Agreed. steps first year. Agreed. Um, last question: Rookie of the year, Donovan. Yeah, I think it's got to be Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. Same. I yeah, think we're unanimous same. on that. Donovan yeah. Mitchell's amazing. Well, but <laughs> yeah. Ben Simmons. If we go back to statistics, no, he's no. better. Yeah, but, no, no. but slowly, on slowly on the players. like slowly on the decline as Donovan Mitchell is on the incline, and that's yeah, the thing. Yeah, but, like, but the, the problem is that Ben Simmons never made a splash. Everyone was just like, we knew he'd be good, and Donovan Mitchell's more surprising. The only the problem is that we all were like, we know Ben Simmons. Is sure, good. no doubt. My thing is though, is that like a twenty-one-year-old was asked after the star player left, basically not from day one, but because he was playing up to that level to be the go-to guy. Ben Simmons is still not, like, the go-to guy in Philly. Like, Joel Embiid, like, the offense runs through Ben Simmons, but Joel Embiid is still the go-to guy on that offense. And the way that he plays – now, granted, don't get me wrong. I was on the Ben Simmons bandwagon from day one last year, um, and he has proved everybody right. Like, he probably should have been an all-star this year. Like, legitimately speaking, he's probably more deserving. I honestly thought that Al Horford should have gotten voted in as a starter, but if he didn't, shouldn't have made the roster. Like, that's what I said. Uh, on one of the podcasts, uh, but in any case, I was on the ba- the, the Ben Simmons bandwagon for a while because like he just he does so much. He does I just so think it's so team. so rare that you have expectations on a rookie and they meet them. Yeah, like Lonzo Ball is whatever. Sure. Uh, like every rookie, I feel like you're like this is the expectation in there. Meh. Right. The last one I remember to be like fully yes was LeBron, right. and now there's. Yeah, like Ben Simmons is just meeting those expectations, and yeah. we don't reward that because yeah. we all knew it would Blake, happen. Blake Griffin had a season like that when he yeah. came back and won Rookie of the Year. But yeah, traditionally speaking, like there hasn't been a lot of. And the thing is, like voters love storylines, and Donovan Mitchell is leading them in scoring during an eleven-game win streak. Like that will that will stand 
throughout the entirety of the season, and most of the writers will vote for him mm-hmm. just off. Yeah, of that I mean, level. I like Donovan Mitchell a lot. I'm just, I'm a little bitter about how much attention now he's getting because I don't think he deserves all of it. Right. Like he's too new for that. Like yeah. let's give it a minute. Jason Tatum was as good until he for fell off a bit. So it's like just, yeah. let him breathe and let him grow, and then like <laughs> um, let's see. Consistent. Well, thanks everybody for jumping on the podcast, man. I really appreciate it. We'll definitely do this again, yeah. probably come playoff time. Um, but in any case, um, does anybody have anything that they'd like to plug or tell people where to find them on social media? We have like seven listeners, so you might get a bump in your uh, in your respective Instagram accounts. No? All right. Um, well, um, for Shelby, for Tad, for John, for Jason, for Clay, this has been NBA. We're out. <laughs>